we're back. It's another edition of a newly named, thanks to Joe Gerberry, more as, or as we call him, Gerbs, the owner of WFNY. We are the WFNY Cast Cast. Nothing, it's kind of original, kind of unique, nothing special, but instead of a podcast, it's a Cast Cast, so it's better than Cast Weekly Podcast, I guess. I'm your host, Josh Poloha. We are live on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter, and this podcast, as usual, is brought to you by the Evergreen Podcast Network. And once again, like every other week, I'm joined by Seth Wanamaker in a very dark room because this conversation is going to be very dark since we're talking about the recent Cavaliers that... Oh, man, I don't even want to talk about the recent Cavaliers. I just want to look ahead. But yeah, we're back. It's another week. Another Cavs podcast. Cavs cast. My bad. Cavs cast. Seth, how are you? How are things? How is being a Cleveland sports fan right now? What do you want to tell me? Yeah, you hit it. I, I turned the lights off. It's a little dark. It's a little gloomy. Uh, halfway through the conversation, I'll throw the lights on. We'll, we'll see the light by the end of this conversation. But man, it's been nine days since our last pod. I'm excited to get on here with you. And I know we're going to hit it hard tonight. But and there's a couple of games left in the season, and there are a lot of scenarios we have to talk about. So I'm, I'm excited, ready to get it going. And But, yeah, the, the play sucked. <laughs> so to compare this to the Guardians opening day today, because I have to, I guess. When the Guardians went down 3-1, all I can think was negative thoughts because it's just the Guardians offense, or lack thereof, even though they had some bad luck today. You said so many different scenarios. With the recent Cavaliers, all I can think are negative thoughts. So I guess uh, it's just, I mean, I know it's hard to be negative about this whole year, but looking at like what used to be, what could have been, and what is now, it's like as a Cavs fan, and I know you feel the same way. I know 99.9% of Cavs fans feel the same way. It will always be like a what if. What if Ricky Rubio stayed healthy? What if Jared Allen stayed healthy? What if Evan Mobley stayed healthy? What if Darius Garland? I mean, you could literally name like 10 different player, key role players or stars on this team that what if they stayed healthy? What could this season have become? I mean, I know when we first started this, maybe, you know what? I don't want to say that we're like bad luck for this podcast, but we started this podcast and I think the Cavs were projected to be the number one seed in the East. They had like a 98% chance of making the playoffs, not just the play in the playoffs. And now here we are. We are guaranteed to make a play in spot, not the play, not the playoffs. I don't know. I guess do your usual weekly recap. I guess it would be nine day recap, which included a lot of losses. <laughs> um, but yeah, just do your recap. And then let's try to be as positive as possible and just talk about, the next, what, four days of regular season, and then the play-in, which is going to be one heck of a time. Yeah, def- definitely want to focus our energy there tonight because there's so much to kind of break down. Um, and it is unfathomable to think about where they were at in February, the second seed in the East, tied for the most wins, I believe, with um, with Chicago at the time. Both Chicago and Cleveland obviously have stumbled since then. And you know, the one thing I've seen going around like Twitter and Discord to a degree is like people are very eager to jump on anyone that's disappointed with the season. They, you know, they've proved so much. It's been an incredible year. No doubt they have. Though the one comment I would say to that, however, is like things happen every year in the NBA. So to just like wave a wand and think next year everything is going to be perfect with injuries, with players, with chemistry, et cetera, et cetera. You can't really say that, I don't think. So I'm not, I'm not um, taking it lightly at all. Like, of course, there's so much positivity for the next year and years ahead. But I'm definitely not shaming anyone that's saying like I'm kind of bummed because like, you know, things aren't perfect every single year. So I, I'm right there. I think it's it's a bit of a bummer where they were at versus where they are now. Of course, I'm disappointed specifically in that Magic game, but. Um, they still have some exciting opportunity here in the next couple of days and with some guys coming back. So just really quick in terms of the recap, we're not going to dig into all the games. They went one and four the last five. It's been brutal. And I would argue the worst loss of the season came a couple of nights ago in Orlando, 115 to 120. You don't even have to argue that that is the worst loss of the season. Injuries or not, but keep going. I 
Oh, man. We're just going to throw away that tape. After, after Seth's done talking about the Orlando game, it will never be brought up again, I promise. <laughs> and the worst part, they, they've lost to some bad teams this year, but the implications of that game were so critical. And I think that's really where our conversation goes. If they were to win that game, it puts them in such a better spot. Now they really don't control their own destiny to make the top six. Top six is really out at this point. And now it's all about where they're going to seed in seven through ten. And they are out of this. I think it's Clint. I think Toronto, if you can like clinch the top uh, six seed. Yep. I think Toronto clinched with that Orlando loss. So yeah, it's plain or plain or nothing. I'm surprised it hasn't been made into a uh, t-shirt yet. Yeah. Plain or nothing. And you know, the, the last thing I'll say about kind of the past, and then I think we transitioned pretty smoothly to what's coming up, uh, since Evan Mobley has been out with the sprained ankle, you know, I think they're one in four, since Jared Allen's been out, Cavs are six and ten. Um, ever since what I would argue may be their best win of the season uh, against the Denver Nuggets in that overtime victory where Lowry had a bonkers game, they, they've just had a brutal stretch of basketball. Of course, um, Evan Mobley and, and Jared Allen are such a difference, such difference makers in terms of the defense. Uh, teams are just scoring at will in the paint right now, and that's to be expected. You know, two of the probably top ten or fifteen rim protectors in the league are out. You're going to attack the Cavs where um, where they're weak, and the Cavs don't have the individual defenders to stop people from getting in the paint. So you know, it's a bad recipe right now. But I think Josh, we have some good updates in terms of injuries, right? Yeah, first, I'd, I'd say that the Cavs are without two of the top five rim protectors in the league. If you're talking about pure rim protector, Jared Allen's probably, I'm trying to think, Jared Allen's probably top two, him and Rudy Gobert. And then Evan Mobley, I mean, I'd put him top seven at the very, very least. It just, those two players allowed the struggles in other areas of the defense not to hurt as much. But now when you're without them, it's very, very obvious. People say, I, I guess, well, I don't want to talk about the last few games or whatever, but the Cavs have struggled a lot re- recently. We know that part of it's due to injuries. Part of it is due to effort. But I think a big reason is that they're just worn out. I mean, Lamar Stevens, you could say he's a pro- professional athlete. He should be ready. He should be the next man up, whatever. Guys like Lamar Stevens weren't projecting themselves or predicting themselves to just play like 25, 30 minutes a night late in the season. So I think injuries obviously play a big part, but with those injuries, I think this team is just worn out. And I mean, it's easy to say effort. It's it, as long as these guys give effort, I don't care if they lose or not, but like, it's hard to give effort when you are so tired, if that makes sense. Yeah, they've got newcomer Moses Brown, you know, all of a sudden playing like 30 minutes a night. They don't have depth pieces. Dean Wade's out. To your point, Stevens is playing a bunch of minutes. And yeah, there's no doubt in my mind, like who the, who they have left in, in terms of just straight up bodies. Guys are getting taxed, getting tired. They snuck in that game that was rescheduled um, with Atlanta earlier on the yeah. season. I mean, NBA, thanks for that. Hey, what, thanks for the NBA. What bullshit timing that was. Sorry. <laughs> No, that's you're allowed to say bullshit because it was literally bull. I think that was their third game in four nights. I think it would have been, and then when the game should have been played, the Cavs were fully healthy. Well, without Ricky Rubio, and I think that's it. But then you play Atlanta again, which is obviously we'll talk about this. That game had major implications on on the standings in the playing tournament, and you're without literally Mobley and Allen, and it's just like. It I know like Cleveland against the world is like a saying here, and I know it's on t-shirts and everything, but like sometimes it does just feel like it's like Cleveland against everyone else. Because we it seems like we can't catch a break as sports fans and as our favorite teams that we root for. Like if it could go against Cleveland, it's going to go against Cleveland. I I mean the the one example, and I swear this is the last thing I'm gonna say about the last five games because they've annoyed me. The L2 report from the NBA with the 76ers game. I, I mean, oh that, my god, you gotta be freaking kidding me! Yeah, so Sixers game, I forget the first uh, Darius. Oh, yeah, Darius Garland goes up for a layup, it gets blocked. Okay, my bad. Eric Rhodes blocked, I forget by who, I think maybe it was Embiid. I don't know. Last we we all saw it in replay, it was a foul, it should have been these Darius Garland two shots instead. Sixers come down, 
get a bucket. And then the last play, James Harden, by which, by the way, I think he is my least favorite player in the NBA. I think that's been confirmed. Whether it's watching him or just like the type of player he is, I really want to get the Sixers in the playoffs just to beat them in the seven-game series, but I think I'll have to gouge my eyes out and slam my head against the door if I have to watch James Harden and like, oh, and like that every other night for like a week to a week and a half. Because his game now, he used to be, I mean, he might still be considered one of the best players in the NBA, but it is literally just like dribble, 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 step back three, go to the hoop, hope for a foul. That's his game. It's, but yeah, going back to the two minute report. So both of the wrong calls went against the Cavs just like usual, because they can never catch a break. And the Cavs lose. I mean, I think it was like a five-point game, but it really was close in that. And if those, and if they get those two foul calls, they win that game, which is obviously would have been a huge win. And then J.B. Bickerstaff goes off on the referees, deservedly so, after the game. The last two-minute report comes out the next morning. And then after the two-minute report comes out, J.B. gets fined for saying the truth about the referees. I don't, I don't understand that. What's J.B. supposed to do? You literally gave out a two-minute report that said that J.B. Bickerstaff was right, and then you find him for saying the right thing. Yeah, I tweeted, and we all knew it was going to happen. As soon as we saw those J.B. quotes or if we were watching post-game, you knew he was going to get fined. And so I right away I tweeted, hey, Dan, pick, you know, put some extra money in J.B.'s pocket because he has to say something. I mean, it's ridiculous. Like, I know every fan base feels this way, but the home whistle has just not been there this year. So maybe this is the year they build up some of that respect so next year they're on an even playing field. But, again, I know every fan base feels that way. It's kind of corny to say, but give us a give us a, just a fair whistle. I'm not saying a I don't think fair whistle. every fan base feel they might feel that way, but it's just because they want to whine about it. We have a reason to whine. I mean – Shoot, we might get freaking Atlanta in the plane too. And you know, Trey Young gets all the all star whistles. Where's Darius Garland's all star whistle? It's, I, I hate being so negative, but like the whistles late in the game, the home whistles, like you said, the Cavs don't get any home whistles. That game against Philly a few days ago, that was in Cleveland. Both, both the wrong calls late in the game that changed the outcome of the game went against Cleveland. I mean, it's, that in that last two minute report, James Harden clearly fouled Lowry. How are you not? You literally know James Harden is going to get the ball in that situation. So how is one of the three referees not watching James Harden? That's what I don't understand. And it, it wasn't just like a simple push off. I mean, he he like hugged him first and then threw him off him. But Lowry's just like a strong guy, so he didn't he didn't react probably as floppy as as Harden would have on the inverse. But yeah, just. <laughs> Is what it is. No excuse. Lost to Orlando the, the next game after. But, yeah, it's, we, we need that fair whistle next year. Yeah. I, all right. So, enough recap. Let's look ahead. And I actually will feature this comment, Twitch. If they make the play in, Adam Sterney, he always chimes in here. Um, if they make the play in, will Mobley, Allen, and Brown all be on a play in tournament roster? Moses Brown, he is playoff eligible, correct? Or is that a late, late addition to the roster? I think he's playoff eligible. No, I, I I believe he is playoff eligible. Yep. They got him before, right before the deadline. They must have. So assuming Mobley and Allen are healthy, which we will talk about that here in a few minutes, all three of those would be playoff eligible. And honestly, looking at, we won't talk about next season yet. Does that can be like a, literally a five hour podcast during the off season, right when the off season starts. But that is a solid front court along with Kevin Love and Lowry. Those five is a really solid front court looking ahead to next season. Yeah, we we love Ed Davis. Like we've loved him all year, uh, what he does rebounding the ball. But the Cavs, you know, they need a, a significant backup center. You know, Jared Allen cannot be the only team's true big bodied center on the team. So, yeah, 100% agree. If he continues to develop, he's done some flashes. Uh, Moses Brown has throughout this year. He seems like a hard worker. So, yeah, 100% on board. I think he's on, I think after this year, he, he would have a qualifying offer. So the Cavs have complete, you know, complete what they what they want with him if they'd want to sign him in for next year i think it's like 1.6 yeah i'm on spot track it's 1.6 qualifying offer next year so yeah completely agree with you give it to me and give him an off season to learn from jared allen too i'm all for that honestly but we'll talk about that later on all right so first things first 
let's talk about the NBA standings because those are obviously the most crucial. Woo, um, getting tight. Wow. Uh, here we are. Um, the Cavs. So they have a play-in spot locked. They cannot make the playoffs. They're in the play-in. They're either seed seven or seed 10. Somehow a seed 10 is still possible somehow. Um, right now they're a game up on Brooklyn, a game up on Atlanta, and two and a half up on Charlotte. Charlotte is playing. Charlotte plays. Wait, they have to be playing tonight, Charlotte right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They're up 20. Okay. So that's just count that as a win. They're two games up on Charlotte. Charlotte plays tonight, Saturday, Sunday. Atlanta plays tomorrow, tomorrow and Sunday. Mm-hmm. And then obviously the Cavs play Brooklyn tomorrow night. And then the, the Cavs and Brooklyn both play Sunday as well. So all. Everyone plays Sunday in that group of four. Um, I mean, that tomorrow night's game, 7.30. It's going to be appointment television. It's at Brooklyn. No, yeah, it's at Brooklyn. Um, if the Cavs win that game, they have a nine or the, a seven or eight seed locked up, which obviously is huge because looking at, at the play-in, so the, I think we talked about this the last few weeks, but now that it's like really a thing, I, we should remind you. The play-in tournament, seven versus eight play each other. The winner of that is the seven seed. The loser of that plays the winner of the nine versus ten. The winner of that game is the eight seed. And looking at the play-in schedule, which is obviously important as well, so the seven versus eight game, obviously the seven seed's home. The loser, so that game is Tuesday. Tuesday night, I'm assuming since the other game is West Coast on Tuesday night, that'll be like a 7, start between 7 and 8. Um, I guess it's 7.30 or o'clock. So then say that game is against Brooklyn. I will count that as a loss. I will be, if the Cavs somehow end up at the 7th seed, I will say it's a miracle at this point, to be honest with you. I'll chalk that one up as a loss. The good news is that, that game would be Tuesday. If the Cavs lose, they don't play again until Friday when they would get the winner of that 9-10 seed. And the 9-10 seed plays Wednesday. So the 7-8 seed, not only would that team be the home team on that Friday night game, but they'd also get one extra day as rest, which is, I mean, home field home court advantage is huge, but that extra day's rest, especially with how we know this injury-plagued Cavs team is, that's why getting the 7 or 8, or eight seed is like, Literally the most important thing. You only have to win one of two games. You get the home game and you get an extra day's rest. It ha- you have to get a seven or eight seed at this point. Yeah. Uh, the Cavaliers dropped to the nine or 10 seed. Um, I think it would be somewhat improbable for them to jump out and, and win both of those games. Start looking at the mock drafts. Start, who's the number 13 or 14 best overall player? Because that, that, uh, pick does not convey to the Pacers and the Cavs get another selection. So in one really interesting thing that is going to come up, um, we'll see what happens tomorrow night, see how much Mobley is able to play the Cavaliers and their season. Um, and, and anyone that's in the Cleveland area, if you get a chance to go to the last game of the season at home, it's awesome. Uh, if you haven't been to a game before, it's a fan appreciation day. I think Sunday afternoon game this year uh, against the Bucks. Uh, they give away all sorts of stuff. It's a really fun environment, atmosphere. But uh, Cavaliers play the Bucks, and there's some question on if the Bucks have a solidified seed, are they going to play their guys or not? So that could be an opportunity for the Cavs to kind of sneak in a a win if the Bucks aren't playing any of their main guys. So if they're sitting Giannis, Drew, and and uh, and Middleton amongst others, maybe that's a good Do opportunity. Yeah, <laughs> I know this podcast obviously gets worldwide, so. Bucks ownership. If you're listening, just sit, sit all you guys. Be smart. Please. You want to win a championship, right? Be smart. Exactly. Sit some of those guys. Yeah. And by the way, so I sorry, didn't mean to interrupt. You. The standings are crazy because not only is the playing seed crazy, but Miami has the one seed. Boston is currently two games back, but they are down ten to Milwaukee right now at half. Milwaukee two and a half games back. Philly two and a half games back. Not only is that two through four seeds a half game to separate those three teams. But if you're thinking that Brooklyn is going to win the first playing game and be the seven seed, there's no way you want to be the two seed and to get Brooklyn in a seven game series to open the playoffs. So like they not only want to lock up a seed, 
but I don't think any of those three teams want the two seed, which means that they'd want to lose. Because if you win, obviously you're going to go up the standings. So I, Sunday could be very interesting. I know a lot of the teams, I, the NBA did it. By the way, the Cavs play at 3.30. I know it's been to be determined for a while that that uh, released a few days ago. The Cavs play at 3.30 with Milwaukee against Milwaukee at home. All of the other games that have playoff implications with Milwaukee are also 3.30 tips because the NBA is smart and won't give another team an advantage if they already know that a team won or lost, which is very – I mean, I guess you could scoreboard watch during the game, but that would make no sense. So, yeah, the, the, st- the last three days – I guess tonight in the last three days of the NBA is just regular season. It's just going to be fascinating because the Cavs and Brooklyn, the play-in teams want to win, but those two, three, four seeds might want to lose. It's it's so fascinating it, because the the race for two three four is all between really half a game right now. I think the the Bucks and Philly are tied for second, and I believe tied for third. Tied for third. I apologize. And Boston's a half game ahead, and so obviously the Boston Milwaukee game right now is is going to have exactly. So now yep. Milwaukee's up ten and a half. So now they'll just flip flop. So then Milwaukee will be half game up. But then if you're half game up Milwaukee, you don't want to. I'm telling you. I mean, NBA teams are obviously going to say, no, we're going to win every game we can possibly win. You don't want to be that two seed and have to go up against Brooklyn. You do not want that to happen. I I think Brooklyn, I'll have to go look back at, uh, at my favorite sports app, uh, betting app. I think they're going to be favored to come out of the East. So you're right. They, no team in the top wants any part of the Brooklyn Nets. And just like a full thing, we, if you bet, please bet responsibly. If you're in Ohio, you obviously can't bet legally yet because there are so many things. We can have an hour on tangent about that, but we won't talk about that. But yeah, bet responsibly, please. And even if you don't bet, odds are always fun. Like I like I bet responsibly sometimes, I'll be honest. But even when I'm not betting, I still like go on just to see like, hey, are the Cavs favored tonight? How much are they favored by? But it just tells you a lot, even if you're not a better. But but back to what you're saying. Yeah, no, it's it, to your point, it's fun to just see where Vegas has on that, you know, and and I, I take it back. Brooklyn has the second best odds as of now to come out of the East. So the Bucks are plus 235. The Brooklyn Nets are plus 320. So they're they're right Miami. there. Miami, the number one seed for literally what seems like all season, and they're two games up and to get no love in the fifth, fifth best odds behind Boston and behind the Sixers. Behind Boston, too? Behind Boston Holy and Philadelphia. Plus four twenty. Number one seed. They're like the uh, new age Atlanta Hawks. They're like the Atlanta Hawks are always the one seed, and then LeBron and the Cavs would come to town and they get swept. Like, oh, the the Hawks won sixty one games. That's cute. Four zero. <laughs> See ya. <laughs> but back to what, so we were talking about the standings. Um, the Cavs. So the Cavs, like we said, Cavs have Brooklyn tomorrow night. It's not a must win, but. Things are much better if they win. But winning in Brooklyn, obviously, Brooklyn knows. Brooklyn, it's not like Brooklyn's trying to lose. Brooklyn has the same idea as the Cavs. They're going to try like hell to win too. So it's not going to be easy. But with that, I guess now is the time to talk injuries. It seems as though Evan Mobley is going to be back. He's going to be a game time decision. Um, they're going to see how he does pregame. The Cavs know, like we just, like I just said. The Cavs know how important this game is. You need Evan Mobley. Evan Mobley needs that, knows that the Cavs need Evan Mobley. I think unless something major happens during pregame, he's playing. I'm assuming it wouldn't be on a minutes restriction. The Cavs know how big of a game this is, like I said. Um, so he will most likely be back. Jared Allen, I think the latest report, I forget who reported it, said that he would be back before the regular season's over. Well, hey, the regular season literally ends in seventy less than seventy-two. Wait, seventy-two hours? Yeah, seventy-two hours. So, like, it's not like there's like a week or two. If he's not back Friday, I'm assuming he's back Sunday. I, I don't know. If they, it would just be such a huge boost to this team, both confidence-wise and just on court-wise. If one Evan Mobley's back, and two, if they get the pair back and get Jared Allen too, count me in, baby. History is complicated. The story of human progress is long, messy, 
and riddled with controversies big and small. On Conflicted, we dive headfirst into history's most infamous events and contentious figures. We try and untangle the good from the bad, the fact from the fiction, and the monsters from the misunderstood. Was Genghis Khan a murderous butcher or a civic pioneer? Did the Allied powers go too far in firebombing the German city of Dresden at the twilight of World War II? And how did the Marquis de Sade acquire such a sinister reputation? And was any of it true? These are just a few of the tough questions we wrestle with and investigate on Conflicted. So if you love history or just enjoy a good story, please join me, your host, Zach Cornwell, for a fascinating new topic each and every month. Conflicted, a history podcast, is available on Spotify, Apple, or wherever else you get your podcasts. I hope to see you soon. Yeah, it feels like the momentum that's been on the side of Mobley's return in terms of just reporting that we've seen from various outlets and individuals has not quite been there with Jared Allen. Like, you know, there's been some good momentum for Mobley to come back. Like you said, sounds like he's questionable tomorrow night, but he's, he's likely to play Allen. It's been a little bit hit and miss. And we got some reports, I think a week or two ago, Sham said that, you know, the, the goal is for Allen to come back um, at the end of the regular season. But to your point, you know, time's ticking and we're not getting those same reports that we are with Mobley. So that's I think that's one of the really interesting things as I think about not only the next two games, but also how a Cavs fan should think about the play-in tournament and what that potential first-round pick is. Because I think it's one thing if you have Evan. It's a whole other ball game to me if you have Jared Allen, right? If you have both of those guys plus Garland and your full complement of of wings, um, then I think whoa, you you got a shot to to really beat anyone in the East. You know, Sands may maybe a, a Brooklyn or or Milwaukee's tough, but it all comes down to me about you know Allen and Mobley coming back. Then that you know the ceiling kind of goes from from here to here for me for for what could happen. Not only that, but I think the Cavs' confidence goes from here to here for what can happen. They know how they've been playing recently. I mean, we can talk about it. They know it. Just getting Evan Mobley back is huge, but getting both of them back, I hope tomorrow at about 5.30 I get a tweet notification from Roge saying that Evan Mobley and Jared Allen are back. That'll be one heck of a way to start the weekend. I couldn't imagine those two just walking out or, or maybe it even happens um, in the Milwaukee game, the final game of the season. Those guys just walk out. They're ready to rock and roll because that just I'll tell you what, e- even if and I think we're going to get into this, the seven and eight seed are so critical. You really Cavaliers really need to to get one of those positions because you only have to win one game versus two. The schedule is way better. Uh, there's a there's a lot of reasons why more rest. But I will say if they find themselves dropping to nine or 10, if Mobley and Allen are back, even, you know, 85, 90%, I actually don't feel that bad about their chances if they're both back. But that dropping to the nine or 10 probably means that Brooklyn beats Atlanta in the seven, eight. So the Cavs would have to beat Charlotte and then would have to go to Atlanta and beat Trey Young with a home whistle. I don't know. I I don't want to watch that. No, no. And that's, yeah, they, they, they really need to try to secure that seven, eight. So like we said, um, Milwaukee, night. those guys. Yeah. And tomorrow night. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, worst case scenario, Milwaukee, just rest your dudes, please. Please just rest at least Giannis and Chris Middleton. Actually, I guess if you rest Giannis, you're going to, it's either like all three or none of the three. It's either going to be Drew Holiday, Chris Middleton, and Giannis Antetokounmpo all sit, or they all play. Man, I don't want it to come down to losing tomorrow night and then a game against a fully stacked Milwaukee team that's basically – that could very well be a must win if you want to win get the 7 or 8 seed. It just – I don't know. It's just – it's crazy how far the season has fallen, and it can all be literally due to injuries. That's what sucks the most. I know that's how I start off the podcast. It's like what if – it's a bunch of what ifs, and I hate what ifs. And, like, we've been talking for months about 
the ease of the schedule and, and how the Cavs had one of the easiest. <laughs> it doesn't feel like it. It feels like all those teams that were struggling that may have been putting some data into that bad schedule. It feels like they got really hot or something because I haven't felt much softness in this schedule the past two months. True. True that. And by the way, so speaking of the playing tournament, I know I said that 7-8 play Tuesday, 9-10 play Wednesday. The winner of those games or the loser of the 7-8 and the winner of the 9-10 play Friday night. Keep in mind, so say the Cavs are 7 or 8, they lose the first game, so they would host that game Friday night. That is also the Cleveland Guardians' home opener in downtown Cleveland on Good Friday. So that'd be one heck of a way to start off Easter weekend to have the Guardians and the Cavs both at home. I, I, that's what I want. I don't really care about Wednesday. If I just want to get the seven or eight seed, and I'm solely focused on Friday. I know I even told Seth before the podcast, I'm if they get the seven or eight seed and they get Brooklyn, which I'm assuming they would in the first round of that play-in, sit everyone. I'm all I'm all for sitting everyone and just throwing that game. And like we know, like no team is going to do that. That's not what the Cavs would do, but. Do it. Well, besides Brooklyn on Sunday or Milwaukee on Sunday, but go on. Yeah. But based on that, their ceiling with how important the players are that are like banged up right now, crazier things have been done. I I don't, I don't hate that idea at all. (laughs) Bring up Taco Fall. Have it be. Oh, do you know what? Taco Fall on Taco Tuesday. See, it's all playing. It's all coming together right now. And, and Friday will be Guardians, Cavaliers, Fish Fridays are are banging right now. So it's all coming together for that Friday night. That's going to be a good one. Wow. Yes, please. I, I did just... too. The, the Cavaliers listed some play-in tickets. So you can kind of pre-purchase play-in tickets right now. They offer game one, game two. But the you know there's too many scenarios right now to understand when they're going to play. So I think there's some refund process. But yeah, it was it was fun to get that email and kind of see, hey, there's there's going to be hopefully hopefully a home play-in game. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think because if there is, I guess it would have to be a game one could potentially be no, I no, it can't. Trying to think. Sorry, I'm thinking out loud. Oh no! If they're the eight seed, then game. I wonder how they would do that because game one. If they're the seventh seed, game one is Tuesday. If they're the eighth seed, game one could be Friday. So I wonder if that. I wonder if game one means no matter what Tuesday or bust. Like if it's not Tuesday, you get a refund, or if you just take the chance and the game one could be Friday. Yeah, I, I think I took it as the former. Um, you know, I think they might do a refund or, or carry over or something in the next season. But yeah, it was it was exciting to get that um, get that email. Oh, nice! A team that actually treats their ticket holders right. Man, it must be nice in Cleveland. That's all I'll say about that. As a as a, as a Brownies t- season ticket holder, sorry to go Brownies for a second. I haven't gotten my 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 ticket, or I'm sorry, I haven't gotten my my present this year. So I'm waiting, Browns. I'm coming for you if I don't get something soon. Well, the Browns are also a good. They treat their ticket holders correctly. I'm just, uh, I was talking about the third professional sports team in Cleveland, but we won't discuss any of that. Nope. Um, nope. Back to, so we discussed the play in. We discussed the standings. Jared Allen may be coming back. I'm assuming he is. I don't know why they keep saying he'll be back by the end of the regular season because the regular season literally ends in less than 72 hours. Evan Mobley, game time decision tomorrow night. At Brooklyn. I just hope it's a Friday night. Just like either go out to a sports bar or just order some food in 7.30 p.m. Eastern time. Turn on Bali Sports. Turn on your Bali Sports app. Whatever you, however you, turn on your Reddit stream if that's legal to say or not. However you watch the Cavs, just like watch them tomorrow night and just hope for the best. I, it would it would be awesome to beat Kyrie and Kevin Durant and secure a seven because I'm trying to think if they win tomorrow night they're no matter what a seven or eight seed right I don't think yeah. although I guess Atlanta if Atlanta and Charlotte both win out they could still be the nine seed I think if they think, would lose all tiebreakers correct I I think if the Cavaliers win one game they overtake Charlotte no matter what even if Charlotte wins out. I believe the Cavs go one and one. Even if Charlotte wins their next two, Cavs are still in good shape because that would only gain one game of ground on them. Um, but I think Charlotte that's has three games scary. left, though. 
So they were technically, oh no, they were game a uh, game and a half. Yeah, game and a half. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. But yeah, you're. Yeah, I, I'll give a free ad here. Grab your Angelo's pizza from Lakewood. Settle in, and and the Cavaliers have kind of been like weird Nets killers. Like we all remember that game where Colin Sexton went off. You better knock on wood right now. <laughs> That's the problem. I know where you're going with this. That's the problem that we don't have Colin. Well, we have Colin Sexton on the sidelines, but not on the court. <laughs> Very good point. But yeah, I think maybe DG takes that takes like the the Batman and, and and takes over, and that that would be sweet. But to your point, like not expecting it, that the Nets are going to be like plus four hundred for that. I'm sorry, minus four hundred for that game. It's all if they land seven eight. It's all about that that matchup with who comes out of nine ten. By the way, for those non betting types, so say they are minus minus four hundred would probably put them at like an eight or nine point favorite. But if you're betting the money line minus, if it's ever minus, that is everything centered around the we're going we're doing like a how to for dummies betting. Now that would be a cool name of a podcast, by the way, during the off season. There's some education uh, we can do on this podcast. We yeah. could. So everything is based around one hundred dollars. If it's minus, that is how much money you have to bet to win one hundred dollars. If it's plus, that is how much money you win if you bet one hundred dollars. So. If say the Nets are minus four hundred tomorrow night, that would mean that you would literally have to bet four hundred dollars to win one hundred for the, if the Nets win, which is it's one of those bets that unless you parlay it, you are not going to do that bet. Yeah, and the I believe there's been some some talks about in some articles about this beautiful like sports um, betting area that the Cavs are going to add on at Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse. So we got to do some education here. That would be fun. Hallelujah! <laughs> I cannot time. wait. About freaking time. Yeah. I'm actually yeah. looking up my action app right now. The ad should be out for tomorrow night. The yeah. Cavs are currently plus six and a half. So they're projected to lose by six and a half points, which I thought it would have been more than that. But maybe they're thinking that. Well, Evan, I'm I think we can all count Evan Mobley in. I know we've already discussed that. Maybe Jared Allen. I don't know. I yeah. just hope that Darius goes off for like 40 points and 15 assists tomorrow night. Hell, hell of a time for an Osmond or Love just bonanza game. Hell of a time for it tomorrow night. Um, and, and Josh, as I look at, we we've got a couple of mailbag questions uh, for the Man, pod. already. Do you know? But I'm gonna interrupt you. Yeah. We are 36 minutes in and already starting the mailbag po- mailbag po- part of. The, I cannot talk part of the podcast. I really like it because I do not want to talk for an hour tonight. So this is. I like this. Uh, I like this. I like it. Yeah, and next week, like we're gonna be so immersed in the play-in, we're gonna have fun stuff to talk about. This one's tough. This one, this one's a tough go if we're talking play. So yeah, I think I think next week's gonna be a little bit more upbeat. Um, uh, yeah, <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. Depends on two. It, it could be an off-season podcast next week. Hopefully, that's it. the worst-case scenario, but it could be. We got a lot of content for that. <laughs> we'll be ready to go over here at WFNY. <laughs> Um, we have a couple of mailbag questions. They're both in the vein of the plan. So it's perfect timing to, to hit on a couple of these here. So, uh, Josh, the first one I have for you, consider the core three of Garland, Mobley and Allen. So the, those three who, who graced the cover uh, of many magazines this year, uh, considering the core of those three, how many of those three do you think need to play close to 100% for the Cavs to have a legitimate good shot? to come out of the play-in and make the final eight or the or the playoffs. So how many of those three do you think need to play to roughly 100% of what they're capable of um, to feel good about the Cavs making the playoffs? If they're the seven or eight seed, I will take DG and Evan, assuming Evan Moe's back tomorrow night, obviously. I will take them two back. And I would take a home because if they're the seven or eight seed, I, I'm I think I've already said this. I'm already chalking up if they play Brooklyn that first round, I'm already chalking that up as a L, big L. Um, I will take a home game against Charlotte or Atlanta, though, even without Jared Allen. Obviously, Jared Allen it would be a huge bonus if they have him, but I I would be less confident, but I would still take the Cavs at home in a playoff game. Well, in a play in game with Everyone besides Jared Allen, I guess that makes sense. If they're the nine or ten seed, you need all three to win two games. It's as simple as that, unfortunately. Yeah, I'm I'm right there with you on the all three. If they're nine or ten, they they need all three, no doubt about it to me. And the first piece, if they just have Darius and, and Mobley, I 
to me, I almost feel like it's a coin flip. I think, you, you know, they're, they're going to have a tough time, obviously, with Brooklyn. And then that, at, I'm assuming Atlanta comes out just because we know the, who the best player on the court is of an Atlanta versus Charlotte game. It's Trey Young by a lot. Um, so assuming the the Hawks would come out of that, I think it's about a coin flip if it's only Darius and Mobley. Obviously, Darius, Mobley, and Allen, I love the Cavs' chances in that matchup. So, yeah, I think I – think and this kind of blends in with the second mailbag question. So I'll, I'll stop talking right now and just throw that out there. Cause I think where I was answering was going right to that question. There's a lot of unknowns. There's so many scenarios right now. And I think this is a great question based on where the Cavaliers are at right now, a game up on both the Hawks and nets two and a half up against Charlotte before Charlotte wins. It'll be two games here in a couple of minutes. What do you think is the most probable path for where the Cavs will end up and who they'll play in the play in? I've already answered the first part just because I hope that I hope somehow they're the seven or eight seed. I will take an L on Tuesday against hopefully Brooklyn. I'm assuming it would be Brooklyn. I do not want Brooklyn can worst case scenario here might be Brooklyn falling to the nine or 10 seed. Honestly, um, I will take seven or eight seed losing to Brooklyn Tuesday. What was Wait, what was the second part of that question? Who would I rather have Atlanta or Charlotte? Um, who, who do you think? They'll, who do you think they'll play? Atlanta. I don't see there's they had the playoff experience. Charlotte, just like the Cavs, super young. I would take Atlanta. Actually, do you know what? I would take the home team. Whoever is the home team in that nine ten game. Right now, Atlanta, I think, is Charlotte is winning. So Atlanta will be a game up. Um, so obviously Atlanta, it's in Atlanta. The ball is in Atlanta's court. I will take the home. I I'll yeah, I'll say this. Whoever the home team is, I will take them to win that nine ten game. Got it. Yep. In the in the Atlanta Hawks have a potentially tough matchup against the Heat tomorrow night. So that's going to be another huge. They're all huge right now. That's going to be a really big game. Um, and I believe the Hawks have a a softer opponent the uh, the following night. They play the Rockets the last game of the season. So it's really probably going to come down to that Heat game for the Atlanta Hawks. And somehow the Rockets play worse defense than the Cavs do without Jared Allen and Evan Mobley. That's how bad they are defensively. Coming up on 5-Minute News, I'm Anthony Davis. You might think it's partisan because maybe it's critical of one side or the other, but it's not. It's just the truth. And I think that's also something that's kind of unusual for Americans listening to the radio or to podcasts because the news landscape in the States has been so partisan for so many decades. So 5-Minute News is verified, truthful, independent, unbiased and essential world news daily. I've been seeing all these, uh, you know, all these like verified big basketball accounts talking about the Rockets and how bright the future is because Kevin Porter Jr. is having great games. I'm like, just wait, just just wait. What what are those defensive efficiency rankings going on? You got to play two sides of the court. I'm loving. It's just hilarious to me. They have such a bright future. Come on, be real. Jalen Green. All right, he's really good. He's a rookie. Um, Christian Wood, I guess. Kevin Porter Jr., I guess. Yeah. That's just, I wouldn't say a great future. I'd say a decent future just because of Jalen Green being a rookie and doing what he does already. But yeah, a great future is very, a very interesting use of words. They're looking, they have like a little bit of like a Sacramento King scent to me. Like I, I'm, I'm a little weary of, okay. oh God, that is not, <laughs> that is not a comparison you want to be. That's not good. Free, yeah, that's not good. Unless you're talking about the Vladi Divac, Mike Bibby, Doug Christie, Pedro Stoyakovich kids. But if you're talking about them now, that's not a good comparison for them. Not good. Trading their best player for Sabonis. I mean, that that move that move is going to absolutely haunt them. I've been killing them ever since they traded Halliburton for Sabonis. I'm gonna <laughs> yeah, keep what are you, oh my. So good. <laughs> what are what they? What are you doing? What are you doing? You're literally clearly rebuilding, and you trade Halliburton. The guy who you have control over for multiple years, who is an absolute stud, efficient as all get out. But okay, whatever you want to do, that's fine. Aaron Fox and Simonis, I guess that's the core you want to build around. Good luck. <laughs> Good luck. That's exactly right. Um, I, I'll give a quick answer to the mailbag. I am in the same exact boat as you are. I feel probably a little bit stronger about the Atlanta Hawks. I think the Hawks win the game against Charlotte, whether they're home or away, likely. But I think... 
I have a feeling that if I had to put money on it or if I had to guess, I think Milwaukee sits their starters the last game of the season. Yes, 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 <laughs> yes. Cavs win that game. Cavs sneak into the eight seed because Brooklyn will win out. Uh, Cavs lose first, call it round of the play-in, but then Cavs are sitting there waiting for the the winner of Atlanta, Charlotte. I think it's going to be Atlanta with a healthy Jared Allen, with a healthy Evan Mobley. Cavs take them out and then play the Heat one versus eight seed. Bring on the Heat. I want them. I want that eight seed. So you're telling me there's a chance. <laughs> if we're playing the Wait, Heat. Wait, I was just, while you were talking, I was thinking if the Cavs lose to Brooklyn and beat Milwaukee, they don't lock up the eight seed, though. Because if Atlanta wins out, I think Atlanta, Atlanta only has two games left. I don't know. You said the Rockets are one of them, right? It's yeah. Miami and Miami at Miami at Houston. Uh, I don't know about the ad. I'll have to check that out. I think they're both away. But so if Atlanta wins out, to keep in mind the Cavs of of the four teams in the plane, the Cavs don't own a single tiebreaker. So if the Cavs go one and one, that still doesn't lock up a eight an eight seed. Or even a seven seed for him, so it's it's a good. That's point. why, like, it's a great point. The only, well, actually, no, my bad. If they lose tomorrow night and then beat Milwaukee, it doesn't lock up a seven or eight seed. If they win tomorrow night, and it does, it doesn't yep. matter. Sunday doesn't matter. Yep, exactly, exactly. Yep. So they they really, I think the Cavs, at least I, the way that I'm perceiving the next few games, they're really rooting for Miami to beat the Hawks. At least I am, just based on how I think things could fall. Yes. There's Absolutely. so many scenarios, man. I'm like, I'm getting a little bit of a headache thinking through all these scenarios, but it's, it's fun. <laughs> it, it's fun. I guess I, I can, I just can't believe we're at this point where we're trying to figure out how to not be the nine or 10 seed. It's bonkers to me. Can, can I ask you one more question? This is not mailbag. It's just, I'm just going to throw it out there because I, I'm just thinking about it. Um, similar to the question we talked about with the court three of, of Mobley Garland and Allen, Say, say only one of those three players can play in the playoffs. Say it's Darius Garland because he's the healthiest of those three. Is it worthwhile for you, Josh, for only one of those three to get real playoff experience, to get beat, call it get swept? Or would you prefer just to get that 13th or 14th overall pick at that point? If Allen and J- in, I'm sorry, if Mobley and Allen aren't getting that experience you know, do you prefer the 14 or do you just want the guys to get that playoff series and it is what it is type of thing? That's actually a really good question. Uh, um, you can't replicate playoff experience. So the only way you can get playoff experience is by literally being in the playoffs. But like if you're without Jared Allen and Evan Mobley, along with all the other freaking injuries the Cavs have had, is it really playoff experience? Because you're going to get swept, and the games probably aren't going to be that close. And, and At least your, game one could be close, but games two, three, and four are not going to be close. And your defense is so different. That's that's where yes. I come down. You're you're not playing the same defense you would. Give me the first round pick, please. But I just there's I know with like these Jose Ramirez, I'm gonna somehow bringing in the gardens people always said like that where there's smoke there's fire that was always like a thing with rumors all these different reports are saying that jared allen will be back this regular season there's too much smoke for the it it has to, he has to be back by tuesday it, it i don't think there's any way he's not whether he probably won't be 100 a broken middle finger even though it's a non-shooting hand for a big guy that literally protects the room and dunks all the time probably isn't ideal to have a broken middle finger but I'll take like a 80% Jared Allen and then bring in Moses Brown, Moses Brown for 10, 12 minutes. That sounds so much better than what they're going through right now. But yeah, to answer your question, if they're without Jared Allen and Evan Mobley, that, that's not going to happen. I'll knock on wood right now. But if they're without those two, I would much rather just lose the play-in and then um, get the first round pick. Yeah, ho- hopefully that's a just a wild hypothetical, but I, I I think some people would really cling on to they need playoff experience, they need it. I 100% agree. We've talked about it for months how important that playoff experience is, but if you're playing totally different defenses, coverage it, this is such a matchup based league. I don't know how much stock I could put in versus 
you know, guys in the mid tier, like guys 10 through 14, there's some been some guys the last couple of years. So the Cavs sure could use a shooter. So I, I'm right there with you. I think maybe I'm being a little too like, you know, thinking long-term, but I would love, love, love that pick versus I don't think a playoff matchup, like the last two, three weeks have been playoff matchups. The atmospheres have been ridiculous. So I, I think in some of that, just, just with how critical these games have been. True. So yeah, you can say that non Mobley Allen lineup has got playoff experience the last two weeks. That's a good point. So they don't need it. They don't need that in the playoffs. Believe me, that, that would be an ugly series. Um, and before, before we always, I, before we go forward, I know we talked about this last week. It's easy to be negative now, but it is important to take a step back, relax, like Aaron Rodgers said, R-E-L-E-X, R-E-L-A-X. I don't know how, how to spell relax right now. And just look at the big picture. The worst case scenario, I know I said this last week, and I think I tweeted it out too. The worst case scenario right now is the Cavs make the play-in, lose, don't make the playoffs, and keep their first-round pick. That was literally the best-case scenario for the Cavs season five months ago. So I know it's it, the what-if stink and like the downfall of the second half of the season with the injuries has stunk a lot. We all know that. But it's also important to just take a step back and look at the big picture and realize that the worst-case scenario right now would have been the best-case scenario for this Cavs season five months ago. I'm so excited to do a postseason pod with you because thinking about I can't wait. all the pod. Oh man, we're going to be talking Rubio. We're going to be talking Cavs off season pods. I don't want to wish away the season, but I'm very much looking forward to them. Oh man, this Colin Sexton, Karis, I cannot wait. We can literally go weekly during the off season and still have plenty to talk about. That's how awesome it's going to be, to be honest. There, there's going to be like two hours, guests galore. This off season is going to be fun. It's gonna be a lot. By the way, and speaking of guests, I know right now it's only been Seth and I. Wait, it's only been me and Seth. Man, I am struggling grammar wise tonight. It's Thursday night, I guess. But we already have one guest lined up. We probably already have two guests lined up. He is the second one is a former WF and Wire. He now he used to be on Twitter, SportsNam. He is no longer on Twitter because Twitter sucks and is super toxic. Let's be honest. He will be on with us. Uh, I'll give you the other one, Evan. I don't know how to pronounce it. Damarell with Lockdown Cavs. I never know how to pronounce his name. Yep. Damarell, I think. Evan Damarell. Those two already. Yes, we'll have guests. We'll have. It'll be like, you know how like the Browns offseason was, was always their Super Bowl, but now like the, that the Browns are kind of legit. It's not really the Super Bowl anymore. This Cavs offseason, given what's happened this season, what could potentially happen next season. I mean, th- this offseason is not only going to be super important, but it's very, very, very fun. The the transition from growing, building team to more win-now moves, I am very, very excited to see how that reverberates the front office, the coaching staff, the players, like at every level, the whole dynamic of the of the real organization has changed. So, man, I can't. I know we're we're far away from that, but those we are. Hopefully, we are very far away from the off season. Hopefully, yeah. But just think, like I, I'll just leave it with this. Think of so. Say this roster that the Cavs currently have is healthy. Think of how deep they are, and then you're probably still going to add a free agent or two. And I don't. There are just so endless possibilities. Because, like, literally, Lamar Stevens has been playing really well the last month. If this team was fully healthy, he'd be, like, the 12th or 13th man. Think about that. It's crazy how deep this team is. And, I mean, maybe we'll look back in a year from now and say maybe this current season was a blessing because guys like Lamar Stevens and Jetty Osman and Moses Brown played bigger roles, got the experience, and now they're the 11th, 12th, and 13th guys off the bench. And you're not really taking a step back. Yeah, the Dean Wade. I mean, the minutes these guys played an important game. Oh, I forgot about huge. Craig Lindell's. I'm sorry, Craig, if you're if you're tuning in or if you plan to listen to this podcast. I did not mean to forget about D Legend Dean Wade. 
Yeah, that, that's a huge mistake. And Josh was going to hammer you on that later, I'm sure. But <laughs> yeah, it's a um, huge couple games coming up. So many different scenarios. I know Josh and I are scoreboard watching right now. And yeah, man, that's whenever, you know, we'll say when the season is over in June, which goes through the finals, whenever that is, if it's June, it's June. We'll have some great podcast shows, guests, all that stuff. It's going to be a fun summer. It will. Yeah, I I can't wait to have guests. I mean, I love talking just to us, but um, having a guest on too, especially a guest that actually covers either the NBA or the Cavs for like a full time job, which would be awesome. We're just parts. We're not even part timers. We're just. I'm just a makeup word here. We're hobbyers because this is literally a hobby for us. So yeah, I can't. Whether it's next week, hopefully it's not next week, but whether it's next week or a month from now. I'll just say a month from now, there's no way the Cavs are going past two rounds of the playoffs. Let's be honest. Um, I yeah, I I love this cast season right now. I don't want to wish it away, but this off season is going to be tremendous. Both Cavs podcast, Cavs cast podcast wise, and just as a Cavs fan. Yep, one hundred percent. And that that Friday where you know the the Guardians have the home opener. Hopefully, the Cavaliers are hosting a home playoff game. I'm I'm definitely going to try to get downtown for that, man. That's going to be a ton of fun. Even I don't even know if I'm going to go to a game, but just to like be in the atmosphere. That's going to be a sweet night downtown. I hope it's good weather and see a bunch of people out. True. Yeah, I think though, if especially if it's nice weather, I think there'll be a bunch of people out because I know a lot of people will also have that Friday off work just because it's Good Friday. And I will most likely, uh, if you're listening to this podcast, hit one of us up on Twitter or something. I will most likely be downtown. Seth will probably be downtown if you want to buy us a drink, if you want to, uh, whatever. I know we're famous podcasters, obviously. So, a couple of Miller Lights, great tasting, less filling. That sounds good to me. So, hit me up. Man, <laughs> you're throwing out Angela's Pizza Miller Light, but it is maybe time. Another important thing this offseason is to find a uh, sponsor for this podcast. Absolutely. I'm back charging them both for that. I'm sending invoices tomorrow. I'm going to get with my people and we're sending, you know, invoices and 10% if they don't pay within 30 days. We're we're cooking. True. Absolutely. But yeah, is there anything any other final thoughts since we're almost somehow going out a freaking hour again? We were doing good at like the 30 minute mark. And then we really kind of killed it. You started the mailbag at 36 minutes and somehow we've gone 20 more. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Last wrap up just to your point, enjoying the season. It's really fun. How many different scenarios there are right now. And I think just hopefully Cavaliers get some guys back and they can make a a hell of a run at the next couple games, the play in, and then hopefully the playoffs still the number one goal of the playoffs for me. I want it with the healthy guys. If they can't get healthy, we'll see what happens. That's all I have, man. I'm excited to see tomorrow night. Hopefully Mobley comes back and ready to roll. Let's go from there. Hopefully Mobley. I think Mobley, if they're saying Mobley's a game time decision and it'll depend on how he does pregame, there's no way that kid doesn't play. Let's be honest. And he's going to be fresh. Hopefully he's going to be like near at least 90% Mobley. I'll get, I'll go with the underdog. I, I love – I'm obviously, I'm a Cleveland sports fan. We love being underdogs. But, like, just – Oh man, I can like 24 hours from now we could be celeb- potentially celebrating a win. That I mean, it literally takes all the pressure off of Sunday. The only re- if they win tomorrow night, the only difference Sunday makes is if they are home or on the road for the seven eight game, which I honestly don't really care because they'll be home for the night, the Friday night game, which would be like you said, that'll be one heck of a night downtown. Give it to me. I'm all for that. I know last week or two weeks ago we said that that was a that could potentially happen, but now that the playing schedule's out, it will happen. If the Cavs are the seven or eight seed, they'll host and they lose that Tuesday game. They'll host the game Friday and, along with the season opener. Give that to me. I I'm already looking forward to it. Eight days from now. Um, Hell yeah. But yeah, that's. I don't really have any other final thoughts. I just hope the Cavs get as healthy as possible. Somehow find a way. And that's been the, I know I said, I think a month or two ago when all these injuries started happening, that should be the cat's hashtag, hashtag find a way, just find a way to win tomorrow night. Imagine the pre like Sunday would literally be pure fun because the team knows that they get a home playoff, home playing game, at least one at the very, very least. So 
just win tomorrow night, and that takes so much pressure off this young team. Seriously. But, yeah, hashtag find a way, as always. Um, I guess that's it. If you tune in to us live, we appreciate it. I know a couple of you uh, put in comments. We appreciate you. Always tune in live if you're listening to us on anywhere you listen to your podcast. We appreciate that as well. Every single listen, every single download helps us out. We appreciate the love always. And go Cavs. I won't even say just go Cavs. I'll say go Cavs beat Brooklyn because of how important Sparnet is. Hopefully talk to you guys next week and it's about the plane and it's not about the offseason. We'll see you guys next week though. Go one and one. (laughs) Hello and welcome to Novel Conversations, a podcast about the world's greatest stories. I'm your host, Frank Lavallo, and for each episode of Novel Conversations, I talk to two readers about one book. And together, we summarize the story for you. We introduce you to the characters, we tell you what happens to them, and we read from the book along the way. So if you love hearing a good story, you're in the right place. Our ninth season is coming this fall. Tune in to hear from some of the all-time great authors, Charles Dickens, Jules Verne, F. Scott Fitzgerald, and more. Subscribe to Novel Conversations wherever you listen to podcasts.